section one of the rover volume one number eighteen this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the rover volume one number eighteen edited by seba smith and lawrence labrie section one courtship of captain miles standish a true historical narrative by moses mullin sixteen seventy two about this rather singular production a word or two may seem to be necessary whether it be really a genuine antique or a more modern imitation is a question for critics to discuss we can only throw such light upon it as we happen to possess and such as the document bears upon the face of it this ballad has been transmitted to us by the editor of the late boston miscellany which valuable monthly kicked the bucket if we remember right some time in march last peace to its ashes may the good it did live after it if it ever did evil it has not come to our knowledge it certainly did not accomplish so much good as it would have done had its life been spared another month for the said editor had his metrical passage in new england history all ready for the typesetter with an explanatory heading that ran thus to render the following relic of primitive new england literature intelligible the orthography has been modernized and a few words substituted at a guess for those which the mildew of age had effaced from the manuscript for these unavoidable liberties we humbly crave the pardon of the good old plymouth gentleman who drew the ballad from his family archives for our especial benefit from this remark of the late editor of the miscellany no not so the editor of the late miscellany for it was the magazine that died not the editor we should infer that he had a strong faith in the antiquity of the ballad but that editor is a simple-hearted credulous man as men of genius and refined taste are apt to be and we confess that we cannot but regret that he did not procure the affidavit of the good old plymouth gentleman touching the antiquity of the paper stating how long it had been in his possession and whether it actually came down to him from his ancestors this would have been gratifying to us and we think more satisfactory to the public were the editor here we would persuade him now to write to his friend at plymouth to procure the affidavit of the old gentleman but alas he is away nobody knows where dodging about among the hills of new england and were we to undertake to reach him by letter we should not know whether to direct it to the notch of the white mountains or to the long hard beach at nahant so at present we can only give the document to the public with such evidence as we have in order to ascertain whether the ballad was founded in truth we have turned to some old new england chronicles and find that the whole story is historically true to the letter captain miles standish did come over in the mayflower his wife's name was rose mr john alden and mr william mullins were among the number that came over in the same vessel mr william mullins had a daughter whose name was priscilla 
and the main incident, according to the chronicles, actually occurred precisely as related in the poem. Ballad Miles Standish in the Mayflower came across the stormy wave, and in that little band was none more generous or brave. Midst cold December's sleet and snow, on Plymouth Rock they land. Weak were their hands, but strong their hearts, that pious pilgrim band. Oh, sad it was in their poor huts to hear the storm winds blow, and terrible at midnight hour, when yelled the savage foe. And when the savage, grim and dire, his bloody work began, for a champion brave, I have been told, mild Standish was the man. But, oh, his heart was made to bow, with grief and painful low, for sickness on the pilgrim band now dealt a dreadful blow. In arms of death so fast they fell, they scarce were buried, and his dear wife, whose name was Rose, was laid among the dead. His sorrow was not loud, but deep, for her he did bemoan, and such keen anguish wrung his heart, he could not live alone. Then to John Alden did he speak, John Alden was his friend and said, Friend John, unto my wish, I pray thee now attend. My heart is sad, tis very sad, my poor wife Rose is gone, and in this wild and savage land I cannot live alone. To Mr. William Mullins, then, I wish you would repair, and see if he will give me leave to wed his daughter fair. Priscilla was the daughter's name, comely and fair was she, and kind of heart she was withal, as any maid could be. John Alden, to oblige his friend, straightway to Mullins went, and told his errand like a man, and asked for his consent. Now Mr. Mullins was a sire, quite rational and kind, and such consent would never give, against his daughter's mind. He told John Alden if his child should be inclined that way, and Captain Standish was her choice, he had no more to say. He then called in his daughter dear, and straightway did retire, that she might with more freedom speak, in absence of her sire. John Alden had a bright blue eye, and was a handsome man, and when he spoke a pleasant look o'er all his features ran he rose and in a courteous way his errand did declare and said fair maid what word shall i to captain standish bear warm blushes glowed upon the cheeks of that fair maiden then at first she turned away her eyes then looked at john again and then, with downcast modest mien, she said with trembling tone, Now, prithee, John, why dost thou not speak for thyself alone? Deep red then grew John Alden's face, he bade the maid good-bye, but while well, she read before he went the language in his eye, no matter what the language said which in that eye was rife, 
in one short month priscilla was john alden's loving wife end of section one recording by alan mapstone